And we have one of my very special selections, what I think is probably one of the best Christmas stories in our Very Russian Christmas project. Today we are covering Vanka by Anton Chekhov as we go into some of the themes and meanings behind this very interesting story. I think this is the first time we've ever done one that has like a single name like you and me. <laughs> Una by oh. Anton Chekhov. Crypto oh. by Anton Chekhov. Well, he's got a ton of <laughs> he's got a ton of stories. Like there's one called Joy and stuff like that. Like he's got a ton of just like single syllabic. I love that. I love it. I love it. Welcome to the Codex Cantina, where I am Una. And I am Crypto. <laughs> Today we are going to be talking about Vanka, one of my favorite stories, and I one I specifically chose because of the timing of this with our Russian project. Now, if you are down for literature discussions like that, please make sure you hit the subscribe button. As always, we start off with publication information, and Vanka was released with several other Christmas stories in 1886 and then slightly revised in 1888. Our version was translated by Constance Garnett, and we will leave a link down below for you to read this story for free. Now, why are we doing a very Russian Christmas? What is this project? Well, us, along with our good friend Christy Lewis over at Dostoevsky in Space, are doing a month-long journey into, okay, we watch the same Christmas movies year after year. Here, let's expose ourselves and allow ourselves to experience other cultures and maybe how they look at Christmas and experience it perhaps a little bit differently than the way that we do. So one thing that we've started to point out here is that Christmas has all these different meanings. And here today, we want to talk about Christmas as connections. And we talk about this in our other stories like Christmas Tide, But here, we want to talk about something else slightly different with Vanka. And I think it's worth pointing out, too, that I really like the Christmas from a innocent young narrator's perspective. I really like when Christmas stories involve that. And also, arguably, we do the we do the Disney princess move here too, right? Vanka loses his mother and daughter or mother and father, and it's kind of estranged. And as a result, I think when when you lose your parents, you have a stronger search for your own identity in a lot of stories. And I think I think it's interesting the way it's explored in this one. All right, so take me on this venture. Get me on the sleigh. I'm ready to go. <laughs> so I'm going to rearrange these in order. I like it when when stories jumping back and forth in time, I like to kind of present them chronologically. So Vanka grew up with his parents serving an upper-class family, okay? And he was taught to read and write from this upper-class family. And he would go accompany his grandfather in selecting Christmas trees out in the freezing cold. <laughs> and he'd decorate it for the lord and manor of the house. Now, when Vanka's parents died, he was transferred into the kitchen staff to be with his grandfather. However, his grandfather he kind of liked to drink and maybe was a little bit estranged from him. And he was soon transferred to learn the trade of shoemaking. Three months into that job, he found himself caring for the child of the shoemaker and was being starved, mistreated, and even abused by the shoemaker when he didn't meet the shoemaker's standards. To the present timeline of the opening of the story, it was Christmas Eve, and nine-year-old Vanka wanted to return to the country home with his grandfather. The shoemaker had gone out that evening, and the boy entered the shop to quietly write a letter to describe the deplorable conditions of his life to his grandfather, his only living relative at that point. After describing his boss in the letter, the boy puts the address, the village, to my grandfather, Constantine, and drops it in the post box. End plot. So let's move into analysis, and I want to end our segment today with a little fun interpretation that's really far out there, but we'll stick with the major themes first. All right. I like it when you go out there. That's fun. That's 
Literature is always about what it means to us personally, so I'm not going to take that away from you. Let's see what you got for me. Now, I want to start out with talking about how interesting this story is because we have this little boy, Vanka, pitted up against this, this despair, this abuse that the, that the shoemaker is putting him through, and he wants to go back to his grandfather, but if you remember, the grandfather is a little bit drunk, a little bit estranged from the boy, too. <laughs> That, you know, you can look at this in a sense of just like, oh, he wants to escape the shoemaker. Escape to what? Like he's going to this grandfather that he doesn't really connect with now that he's lost his parents. That I think we have a very interesting story of the boys not moving to like an ideal state. But why would he want to move back to his grandfather and not try something new? Like, What were some of your thoughts on that? So when I thought about this, it was like, okay, so he's in the fire and wants to jump back in the kettle, so to speak. Like you never know how good you have it until things get worse. And you're like, Oh, okay. I'll, I'll go back to the the bad because this is way worse. You know? And to me, I just have to focus on the present, right? We have that opening paragraph when he's writing on, on the paper before forming the first letter, he several times looked around fearfully at the door and the windows stole a glance at the dark icon on both sides of which stretched shelves full of lasts and heaved a broken sigh. This boy himself is arguably broken as he's terrified and looks around. He doesn't look at a picture of the icon of Jesus, right? He doesn't look at it. He steals a glance from it. This is a boy that is afraid and almost just very oppressed, in a sense, in his current living conditions. Yeah, and I feel almost like that Vanka himself feels like that maybe what he's doing is wrong and that he doesn't have it so bad that he's kind of you know taking this being too sensitive about it being from you know the ideal russian you know you 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 work for the good of everybody and you got to be tough and strong uh you know and the weak will be cold so to speak in this kind of culture yeah so he's kind of you know looking over going "Ah, do i want to write this letter is it worth it if i get in trouble or if it doesn't happen am i going to be super disappointed i think it's kind of maybe what's going through his head i i don't know i i I would say what those backgrounds tell me is all Vanka knows is a life of servitude. Even when he was going out and spending time with his grandfather, chopping down those trees and then decorating it, for who? He was doing it for the lord and lady of the manor, right? He wasn't decorating his own Christmas tree or for his own family values. He's always lived a life of servitude. The way he learned to write, why? Out of boredom from what the Lord and the manor had to do. They're like, okay, well, we'll teach you to read and write now. It wasn't like something that he earned or moved towards. It was something that was granted to him because all he knows is servitude. And arguably, this is the first time in his life maybe he's asking for something himself. Yeah, asking something for himself. Yeah, I agree. To me, these these moments of of looking back on when he was learning to read and write, when he was spending time with his grandparents, it represents safety. Something that he doesn't have now, right? When he doesn't raise the shoemaker's child the right way, he's struck, he's beaten. They talk about the deplorable conditions that he's put through. To me, he's just trying to move to this his own safe place. And this is the first time as a young boy he's ever asked for something, arguably. So one thing that I was confused about was that it seemed to be point out very specifically that the letter has no stamp, right? <laughs> you know, it's interesting because part of why I wanted to make sure that we covered Vanka and shared it with with any of the followers that are wanting to check out 
you know, Russian and other Christmas stories from other cultures, is this is actually a very famous thing, the, the what he wrote on the letter, because it's so innocent. The boy doesn't know how mail works. <laughs> like, I, I don't know how Russian mail works either, particularly in, in 20th, <laughs> early 20th century uh, or late 19th century, but I'm assuming you need a, a stamp, and I'm assuming you need more than to the village. <laughs> I think this has become so symbolic of that childhood innocence of just wanting to reach out and, and, and not even understanding how that works, but just grasping to get out of of a boy that's just treading water, just almost sinking, trying to pull himself out into something better. I think the story and why it's become so famous is because of that blank mail and the fact that it represents a boy just grasping out into the void when he feels like he's just being dragged under. It's it's very emotional for me. I really like the story. Yeah, it's one that really doesn't have that happy of an ending at all. And you kind of feel not empty, but not it's satisfied at the end like ah uh, you know maybe he let down a little bit and so we talked about in how in the bet by Chekhov that he had written three parts but then they just chopped the third part right like all we got was part one and two and it felt very unresolved very longing it's kind of Chekhov's jam like that's just how he writes is he brings you to that moment of of finally trying to grab something for yourself and then leaving you the reader there and walking away. Like, that's Chekhov. Yeah, his middle name is Abrupt Ending. <laughs> Check off the cliffhanger. <laughs> so I want you to take a drink real quick, and you at home as well. Or if you're driving and watching or listening to this, please do not. But I did when I read this story, all right? So you've got to be kind with me for this interpretation. This is just kind of a little bit of fun, but I did kind of see a lot of similarities between where my brain took me after having a couple cocktails Saturday night and reading this story was that this story was Santa Claus. This could be a very, very sad Christmas story. Are you ready to follow along with me? Okay, bring me, bring me down imagination lane. Where are we so going? So I'll ask you a question. How does Santa know what to get children for Christmas? What do they do? Well, they write them letters. Oh, and who wrote a letter? Hmm. Mr. Vanka, yes. Yes. So next one, how do said letters get to Santa Claus? We stick them in a mailbox that goes to the North Pole. Yes, and usually on there, the kids just write, like you said, very to, simple, doesn't know to how to... Santa, yep, yep. To Santa, to the North Pole, dear Santa, on mm -hmm. the North Pole, whatever. Mm -hmm. Very similar to what happens to the village, right? <laughs> okay. Okay, keep going. So the next thing is, a lot of times Christmas always revolves around a miracle, right? Or good things happening to people that have been in, in bad or unfortunate situations. And here we have Vanka asking to be pulled out of what he feels mm. as an unfortunate situation. And he's mm. asking for his Christmas miracle to be taken back to his grandfather's, right? Okay. His miracle is being able to return home to safety. Okay. Okay. Keep going. So next... What does Santa do when he's getting ready on Christmas Eve? He buckles his belt, shines his shoes. Oh, shines his boots. And Vonka's boss is a cobbler, a shoemaker. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, you have to get a little bit crazy with me on this one. Okay, but okay. Santa 
Santa does what on Christmas, Una? Delivers presents to boys and girls all over the world. Exactly. And what does Vonka's grandfather do? <laughs> Deliver Christmas trees that are decorated to rich people? <laughs> no, he gives the snuff to all the people, even dogs. <laughs> that's my favorite one so far (laughs) all right and now what do we do for santa claus the night before christmas we leave out cookies ah so we're leaving things out and in the story he he complains about all the things that have been left out of his life again a little bit of stretch i know i know can can i do one i think i got one for you to play along with this game you ready okay what care what drives santa's sleigh Ah, the reindeer. And here we have Santa being the granddad, I believe is where you're going with this, right? We have him and his dog, Eel, sleeping cozily (laughs) (laughs) at his feet, always ready to to carry him out for the day, right? Oh, that's totally Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer. (laughs) Eel, the red-nosed dog, right? (laughs) Exactly. All right, my last thing here is that when we ask Santa for all these presents, we make a bargain with him, right? What do we say? Or what do you teach your children? Uh, be, to be naughty or nice, right? So you teach your kids to be to be nice, right? Yeah. So, you know, Vonka's saying, I'm going to work really hard and I'll, you know, do everything. Mm. Please, please, please just bring me back home. So he's uh, making okay. this bargain with his grandfather, Santa. Okay. And the story does take place on Christmas Eve, right? Boom. The so, story takes place on so Christmas we have, Eve. So we have him reaching out to Santa for the Christmas miracle on Christmas Eve. Is, is your interpretation? Exactly. That's yeah. Fine. So I think I this like is that. just... I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's a stretch, but I thought, you know, we got to have yeah. a little bit of fun with some of these darker stories. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's fun. Yeah, again, it was just kind of my interpretation. I mean, I think that we went over the better meaning with yours, obviously. But, you know, as I was reading this, I thought, you know, (laughs) you can make some really outlandish connections here because it is technically a Christmas story. Yeah, yeah, no, I I do like that one. Well, all right, guys, if you've enjoyed the conversation today, I know some people want to contribute, but they're not exactly sure what to say. Please feel free to leave a little Christmas tree or sleigh ride emoji to help us out. And of course, we will leave the Very Russian Christmas playlist as well as an Anton Chekhov playlist if you want to watch some more stories and discussions from us on that. Now, Crypto, we are going to move into our subjective ratings. What are you going to give this one? So overall, I'm going to give this one probably just a six, even though I did have some little bit of fun there. Uh, I don't think there's a ton here analytically. It's an okay story. kind of has that abrupt, sad ending, which I personally, you know, like a little bit more closure with my stories. But I, I think that it, it's okay all around. It's just, it's okay. I really like this story personally. It's subjectively, on a personal enjoyment scale, I rate this high as one of my favorite, if not the mo- one of the, the most favorite Russian Christmas stories ever, which is why I specifically wanted to put it in this. Even though it's not in the book, I I had already scheduled this one in. So I rate it maybe like a nine subjectively. Just really enjoyed the story. I think it's very heartbreaking. Fully understand it. I agree. Analytically, not a ton of stuff there, though. I think you milked it for all of its worth with that Santa story. That was was pretty entertaining. Uh, I'll I'll give it... I'll give it, okay, I was going to give it a six, but I think your story adds, it makes it kind of fun. I'll give it a seven analytically. So we'll average it out to an eight for this story for me overall. If I had found a way to put in elves, would you give it an eight? <laughs> okay, you figure out how to stick some elves into this, and you, my okay. friend, have it, you have a deal. We'll, we'll bump it up to an eight analytically. 
Well, all right, Sounds guys. Good. Thank you so much for joining us on today's discussion. Hopefully you're enjoying some of these very Russian Christmas stories. Make sure you subscribe to follow us along on the journey and check out Christy Lewis's channel as she's doing some fun vlogs and some readings and some fun food, uh, at, at, you know, Russian food and stuff like that. So, Una out. Peace.